Hey, Ben here from the Odds Pod. Hey, it's Dave. How's it going? And in this episode, we talk to Will Sliney, comics great, RTE's best, and Sky's most fantastic. <laughs> and uh, he's his, fantastic. He his is. episode was pretty great. It was one of those moments where um, me and Dave threw each other a huge surprise look when he announced what his apocalypse is going to be. So yeah, you can hear us tap dancing on landmines mm-hmm. here. So you know, sit back, enjoy. Yeah, don't even sit back. You know, run around, whatever you want to do, enjoy yeah. it. Cheers. Welcome to The Odds Pod. I'm Dave Hendrick. And I'm Ben Hennessy. And we're the team behind the Scout Comics titled The Odds, a comic book about the end of civilization in a post-tech world. With a soup song of cannibalism and a sprinkling of hope. Check it out wherever you get your comic books. And if you don't know where that is, check out the comic book store locator or just do a search for The Odds Comic Book and you'll find it. So why are you hearing from us? Well, we thought seeing as we shared our favourite apocalypse story with you that maybe you'd like to hear from other folks as to what their favourite apocalypse is. It could be the destruction of Alderaan by the evil empire or the untimely cancellation of a favourite TV show or anything in between. Whatever it is, we want to know which extinction events rock your world, which end of days makes your day, which Armageddon gets you and which great flood makes you gush. Today's guest. He's an artist, a writer, a TV star, a storyteller, a web slinger, a streamer, a saver of dolphins, and if not a knight, then definitely a squire of Ren. He's drawn comics from Marvel, where he was the artist on the entire Spider-Man 2099 series, Fearless Defenders, as well as a ton of Star Wars books, most notably The Rise of Kylo Ren and Galaxy's Edge. He is, of course, the mayor of comics right here in Ireland, Mr. Will Sliney. This is better than, than most Irish interviews and they're like, you've worked on Superman, have you? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you haven't done your research. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like, Superman I, I, is comics and you're a comic I've artist, genuinely right? gotten that question like, oh, it's like, oh God, where is this going to go? I love, I love that, uh, that approach with interviewers because it's just, you know, make me feel like a failure when I'm actually really successful, you know? Just name the one thing I haven't done. Thanks very much. <laughs> It's a particularly Irish talent, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah it is. Yeah, it's not. And then maybe they get angry about them for not not doing what you thought they were doing in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and if it's certain Irish interviewers, they'll they'll double down on it and say, "No, you have, you have, haven't you?" You know, because they can't be wrong. Pat Kenny. <laughs> anyway, um, Will, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, I'm very good. Uh, you're catching me uh, mid-crazy production with loads of busy stuff going on at the moment, but that's uh, it's a lot of fun um, when when it's like that. I, I definitely prefer when loads of things are firing off around the place rather than, um, you know, the calm before the storm or even after it. Like, it's good when you're kind of getting your hands dirty on these big projects. Yeah, excellent. So can we can we go into them a little? Can we talk about them? Uh, sure. Where do you want to start? Well, how many, how many things are you juggling at the moment? What's why? Uh, do you know what? It's actually I'm definitely learning to balance it a, a bit more. Every, uh, so for for those of you who don't know, um, kind of at the start of the pandemic, uh, one a second job kind of came on top of my main one, which was comics for Marvel, which was pretty busy anyway. Because I like I, in the ten years I've been there, I've probably drawn uh, more single issues than anyone there because I just output a lot of comics and. Uh, a lot every year uh, and then um uh god how do i just describe it in a short way basically um 
uh, the guy who I'm doing with always likes to say, I became the Joe Wicks of art. And I like to stand in and say, yeah, we, without the body or the good looks or the can't cook you nice dinners or <laughs> all of that stuff. But I can draw. Well, I'll, I'll take the SpongeBob. Oh, really. <laughs> I'll take the dinners. You know, don't worry about the body and the good looks don't at this stage. I have none of those qualities. Um, but, but we had a, a, a viral thing during the viral COVID early days or whatever, uh, which transformed into TV. Uh, which is where uh, I guess I find myself now. Excellent. And so you've had one season of Storytellers on RTE, mm. um, a fantastic kind of multimedia project, really. It's animation, it's live action, um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really neat hook that it's a, there's, a, there's a narrative conceit to encourage kids to learn how to draw, and adults, I know adults who are watching it too, um, to, to encourage <laughs> people to learn how to draw. Absolutely mm. stellar cast, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then you've had two seasons now on Draw with Will mm-hmm. on Sky, a project close to my heart. Yes, yes, yep. I was going to say because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I managed to uh, to to squeeze a a writing credit on on season two. Which, sure it is, um, sure it is. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, and then um, outside of that, then you've got kind of ongoing projects on the star wars side of things mm. um and then a couple of other i don't know how deep you want to go on the, on other comics projects at the moment but yeah. um so so where are we now on on production with with the with the shows um well it depends when this podcast is coming out <laughs> so this will hit around september okay uh, well, I, well, what I can say, so so comics, um, well, this week that we're recording, it's Star Wars 25 just came out, which is, I get to team up again with Charles Soule, um, where we get to go back on working on Kylo Ren. And I, and I don't think there'll be any, as I never asked, to be honest with you, with the amount of issues I got to work on Spider-Man 29 and everything like that, which is, I never thought I'd get to work on a character that I'd be like, I guess, called up on more, but man like Ben Solo fans are, they really like their character and they really like the book or whatever. So like that, we just got to do a nice five page thing for that. And it, it landed really, really, really well. It was really, really exciting to do because it was kind of set after the story that we told. Um, so that just came out uh, this Wednesday of recording. Um, I have a Star Wars series where I think the last issue of it is about to come out too, which is set uh, in space, strangely enough for Star Wars, but in the, the Halcyon uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, which is linked into with Ethan Sachs, who did the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge book. Yeah. Uh, and now they have their massive space hotel. We did the book based on that. So that's coming out at the moment. Um, and that will be it for Star Wars for a little while anyway. I do know where uh, I would more than likely come back in on at that uh, when the time comes around. But uh, So on comics, what's actually going to happen, and it's about to be, so I, I think I can say it, it's going to be uh, solicited for this November. Uh, Charles and I are teaming back up again uh, to work on our own image book, which oh, has really, really, yeah, it's really, really grown over the last year. Or so we've been doing it. We started like drawing it live on Twitch and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of realized there's a bit more here than we thought. Uh, so it's that we're now kind of building this kind of uh, universe based around what is called the Shrouded College. So you'll hear all about that more. The first uh, story we're telling it is called Hell to Pay, and that will be coming out this November. So that is the comics world. Uh, And then in TV, uh, all I can say right now is we are 
in production uh, on a whole bunch of new episodes of uh, a show. So excellent. That's all I can say. So you're you're a busy man. Busy, yeah, busy, yeah. but but. I think actually learning how to balance it an awful lot more than it was yes, uh, last year when it all started, because when yeah. it all started, like, uh, like I definitely had some skills that translated over into the TV world, but you might as well have asked me to open up a restaurant. Like I, <laughs> I <was assuming. laughs> so it was very difficult, uh, like so much to learn, uh, in it. Uh, I was very, very lucky partnering up with a long term friend of mine who knows all of that world and basically comes from the world of TV production. And he's a friend that I can trust in it. And it's really nice to do it with him, which is Johnny Lochran. If he ever listens into this and knowing the kind of research that he is, he probably probably is uh, listening in. Um, so it's been lovely. Um, we've got to kind of build it all together. Uh, and now that we have all of those seasons under our belts, uh, we've just got so much more of an understanding of it all, how to do it. And it really is like a, 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 Whew, uh, a big enough task, but, but uh, I'm quite happy with the balance between the two now, hence stopping with Marvel for a little while to come back in in the near future when uh, production kind of ramps down in one of the shows. So Sure, sure. Well, like, like you know, you say you, you were thrown in at the deep end as such on the, on the production side of things, but I, you know, I had the pleasure of visiting the set of, of one of your shows <laughs> last year when you were in production. I think it was, was it your last day or, or close to your last day of production? Oh, it's all a blur. And man, you were running that show. You, you know, <laughs> any, anybody responsible for anything was turning around to you and saying, is it okay if we do this? What do you think of this? What do you think? You know, were you there the day that Don Conroy was there? I was there the day Don Conroy yeah. was there. Oh, yeah. what, a, nice. what a moment. Like everybody stopped on the set and he came in. It was yeah. just so lovely. It just stole everyone's hearts. It was just, that was the nicest moment of the, of the whole thing. It was fab. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, it was phenomenal, you know, to see, you know, uh, somebody who, who looms so large in our, our childhoods, you know, and, and, you know, hmm. And and somebody who was like I has been a fair influence on you on you as a kid as oh, well. Absolutely. You know? And then yeah. you're giving it back to him by by bringing him onto the show. I thought that was fantastic, you know. And the respect for him in the room was insane. Like people, yeah, people were off their chairs when he walked in, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. I kind of felt like he was handing off the baton, you know. Like uh, you know? well, I honestly like it just it, what if what for me was like I got so much advice from him in the time that we had there as well. So he just was kind of it was just kind of support from someone who has done all of that with RT and did it for Matt, like so many years that like every everybody our age knows who he is, and especially if you're into art, you definitely know who he is, you know. Um, so uh yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a, it was a really nice moment. Um I was I was very impressed with the the whole setup, man. It was it was fantastic. Like yourself, yourself and Johnny, like I've, I've just you know they've you've come together to create something special. And I know there's going to be loads more out of you over, over the next few years. You know, um, we got, well the the goal is to get as many seasons as Bob Ross. So I think we've got about uh, thirty four more seasons to go. So we're closing. You're young. You're young. Yeah. Any day now. As long as it doesn't end like Bob Ross. Anyway, well, um, that was the paint. That's why I worked. As that's what they inferred in the Netflix documentary, which is totally made up for drama, I would imagine. But anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Will, look, you're, you know, you're, you're, you've joined us on the Odds Pod. We have a specific question that we mm. ask everybody who who comes along, and you know, it can be it can be a downer, it can be an upper, but you know, whatever whatever the answer is, we'll we'll ha- we'll, we'll get into it. But Will, what's your your favorite apocalypse? So. 
I rarely get a, a chance to talk about this because when I do, people can shut me up because I love this type of apocalypse so much, which might sound quite ridiculous. But I'm obsessed with the concept of the Fermi paradox. I have like sent that whole thing around to so many people. I think it makes so much sense. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, if you come here from comics, it's essentially what Galactus is in the ultimate comics, where like one a civilization reaches a certain point uh well to, to take it a step back it is you're nodding dave you know what it is actually uh ben have you any you know what it is yeah i'm aware awesome but, cool. but our audience needs to be told yeah so of course definitely go through it yeah so so ba- like uh, as in as simple as the concept it is that because there's so many stars and so many planets around them and so many galaxies it's just it, it's crazy that in all the time that, that the universe has existed there isn't aliens all over the place right now and they have conquered you know interdimensional or well, intergalaxy or whatever travel you just you just they're not you can't see them flying all around there's there's barely any evidence although that's obviously changing in the last couple of weeks but we'll, we'll go on from there but um and and the idea behind it is is like there, there has to have been so many civilizations and the the fermi paradox is essentially wondering is there a limit that every single civilization reaches that they can't go past. For example, look at all the challenges that we are facing now. We're about to exterminate ourselves. And does that happen to everyone? Whether is it, you know, we become completely selfish and like just rip your planet apart, which is probably the way that we're going to go. Do you create some sort of uh, renewable energy that as soon as the first scientist turns it on, it just completely destroys your planet. Is there so many asteroids out there? that's eventually going to knock each planet out or something like this. And it's called the filter. And the question is, is that, is there a filter that no civilization is able to get past? Because once you get past that filter, you've advanced enough to travel amongst the stars or uh, are we genuinely potentially the first ever civilization and only our only civilization out there to get out of there to get past it, uh, which would be quite sad uh, if that was actually the case. So um, theoretically there are there's just a limit where there's apocalypses all around the galaxy throughout billions and billions and billions of years and that is the filter from the fermi paradox i probably explained that really really bad there's an awesome video from from a uh, kurdistan i think that's how you pronounce oh, yeah. it they do these little animated um well, we can we can put that in the like um, that. we can put that in the episode description mm. as well we it's links, amazing links it's a two-parter that. it is mind-boggling stuff it is mind-blowing stuff when you when you really sit down to think about it and you know i i've it's not the first time i've come up against it and you you do think then you know looking at kind of human history there have been a bunch of apocalypses you know in 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 human civilizations over over the years and um over the years down through time and uh <laughs> you know whether it's the you know the the south americans the you know the the fall of Rome, you know, you can look at all, all of these these kind of um, civilizations that that built up to a certain a certain extent and then vanished, you know, mm. um, due to usually you know some kind of um, uh, inner strife built on the back of of conquest, built on the back of of um, technical advancement as well, you know. But what you're, I think, what you're talking about is like a whole planetary event. Mm. You know, where 
it just knocks everyone out. And and that idea of there being a universal limit is really interesting. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. like so if there is a universal limit, is it by design? by the universe exactly you know, is so it then a there's these questions you know yeah it, it could just as easily be like is there something that like okay they're gonna have this power now let's go out and wipe them out essentially i think i think it's like a level one civilization is completely self-sufficient on their own energy so we don't need to harvest energy anymore we can generate it and like you, you can imagine when we don't have to struggle for energy anymore how fast civilization will change when something like that happens so you, the civilization will just start to skyrocket off that way and then it'll be like there's we've nothing else to do let's conquer the stars and just like literally everybody focuses their attention towards that and off you go and we're not too far away from that seemingly i think it's only like like they, they estimate it's a couple of hundred years away if we make the make it to there um so yeah it's interesting and would you love to know fall on that like what's like, where do you think we could end up on either side of it uh i think that our only hope is if science saves us like they did a year or so ago, essentially with the pandemic, which who knows, it could have gotten way, way, way worse. Mm. Uh, still could, but I still believe that, that there are people uh, good enough and smart enough to save us there. I would hope that that's what would save us with everything else, with climate change and everything like that. Because if you, I think if anything, the last two years have shown us, like even when something is staring people like blue in the face, they just will refuse to accept the facts. So, you know, um, let's just say uh, a natural disaster, natural or a world or a humanity ending disaster coming from something like climate change. You know, people literally won't believe it when there are climate refugees coming from the center of the earth up north or south to colder places. And they, they genuinely still won't believe it, which is mind boggling. And they need to believe it generations before that. So, you know, uh, I guess the only hope I think for something like that is that there are some really smart, great people out there that can save us from ourselves essentially. Yeah. And then if they do, is that the battle for the filter? But then is there something accidental that can happen? I, I love exploring those thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the 25th of July, 2022 today. And last week, Britain mm. and Ireland experienced the warmest weather they've ever had. Um, and there's a lot of footage going around of you know newscasters telling weather people to relax and enjoy it. Yeah, and it's it's insane. You know, it, mm. it's this idea that ah, sure, it's just the summer. You know, mm. yeah, people telling the newscasters, oh, "I want to hear the good news. I don't want to hear the sad stuff. Tell us something nice. This is not mm. sunny weather, but you know, avoiding yeah. the fact that it shouldn't be this kind of weather." Well, the proof is there when you see it over the course of 30 or 40 years or whatever it is and they start slowly creeping up so yeah are you going to start building an apocalyptic prepper base maybe somewhere to well, hide we're, we're actually funnily enough i live right beside the sea right so uh, but because even though i'm right beside the sea i'm quite high above sea level i've thought this out <laughs> yeah let's hear it come on um yeah i've thought this out ireland is definitely in a good place so people are going to want to come here um you know, uh, let's just say if it kind of gets worse in the next two generations. So sea levels will rise. Um, I'll have a better sea view from my house. So, you know, it'll come, it'll come in. This has happened in Ballycotton before. Now, this is more through natural erosion. Where I'm from, the village was in the geography books when I was a younger, basically, because the old town eroded away, which is natural or whatever. So, so Ballycottoners have been through this before. We've lost our original village and we've moved back up into the mountains. I say the mountains, we've moved like up this small little hill. <laughs> so, uh, and the house that I'm on is quite high up, not by design for that reason. 
reason, but there you go. I'll happen to be all right if the sea levels rise a little bit. <laughs> Amazing. I say that in jest, obviously, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but you do think about these things. You know, you hear about a few yeah. pressing a red button and going, where's the nearest place I can get underground? Yeah, yeah. Zombie, zombie apocalypse. Uh, there is literally a, a lighthouse on an island off the coast from here with a few goats as well, thankfully. So, right. and you, you know, know, right? Uh, well, yeah, well, my dad has one. So um, get out there. And then I imagine the first battle would be taking ownership of the island and not allowing anyone else on it to to because there won't be enough resources. So it'll be some tough decisions made to like who has to leave the island. Okay, okay. So so <laughs> let's get into the Valley Cotton. Let's get <laughs> let's get into the hierarchy of, of uh, Bally Cotton then. Let's see. You, know. you don't have to give me names, but who's you know, who's who's not making it? <laughs> oh my god everyone was something to get me in trouble let's tag all these guys the well they will fight like people from Ballycon will find out no matter what code you use is there was an interesting experiment done here um when i was younger um i don't think this is this is quite apocalyptic but it is interesting in terms of humanity and stuff like this where all of a sudden there was this australian kid in my class which was quite strange living in a small little village in ireland because back in the 80s nobody wanted to come here because there wasn't much to offer them so this kid was here um he disappeared after a year. Uh, it turned out what his dad did was he went to the pub every single night. He bought the fella beside him a pint and he just listened to their stories. Don't be getting ideas now, Dave, as a writer for this one, right? Because uh, this guy would be hunted down if he ever came back here. Okay, I can <laughs> see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> he went off and he basically published the story of Ballycotton, uh, all warts and all, all from pub talk about who did this, who was with this person, who's this person's real family, who this oh. person. Oh, etc etc with a code with fake names what everyone found out straight away what it was and published the book can you imagine uproar so, what's scandal the there? that's not going to be a 400 people yeah 400 people so i mean mm. it, you know no offense but if you're not already related to everybody in there you know at this stage <laughs> like you then then you get this book and you realize you are you're like oh man that's yeah yeah that, that must have gone down like a lead balloon and and did oh he gosh. Did he hang around or was he oh, gone? No, back to Australia. No. Like, there's no way he could come back here again. So just a straight yeah. smash and grab everybody's yeah. stories for a few pints and good yep. luck. Off he goes. Yeah. Do you have a copy of the book? I've never read it. I've never had a look at seemingly like there are certain families that um, appeared in it a lot uh, and ours didn't. But it, that's uh, ironically, it's probably because of the pubs he chose to drink in weren't the ones that my family went to. Yeah. Um, there back then there were eight pubs there. Uh, in Ballycotton uh, for a village of 400 people. So Amazing. he stayed down the village, I think, uh, and our pubs that my family kind of would have went to would have been down here, down the pier. So <laughs> that's well, phenomenal, man. Well, mad, yeah. isn't it? I mean, the criminal, stones like, on them to, to yeah. come into a town like that. And oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Dude, mm. that's that's insane. He went to the other side of the planet. <laughs> that's how safe he wanted to be yeah. to get these stories and ran back to back to Australia. And did anyone ever follow up on him? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like I'd say it's pretty easy to, yeah. to not be found. Yeah. Jokes on him though. Climate uh, control is going to go a disaster. Australia, <laughs> it's already on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come back to Ireland. No. <laughs> so yeah, something uh, just around that kind of that kind of idea of, of of you know the future 
um, and the climate, etc. You know, it's like when I think when I was a kid, there was a there was like an aliens novel, and in the novel, the superpowers of the world were like Canada, Norway, and Ireland because of water. You know, um, <laughs> and and you'd kind of laugh at it then, and then and now you're like, ah, hang on a second, you know, the way yeah. things are going, you know. With with the the resources we have, I'm sure we're looking very tasty to to a couple of our our neighbours on on either side of the Atlantic right now. You know? I, I wonder if you like if you put it to a test about countries that are going to implode as well first in an order. How low? I'd say Ireland would be fairly low down in that. We wouldn't be the best, but we certainly aren't the worst um, when it comes to that stuff. And I think that that would be. Um, point number one in terms of an apocalypse. I mean, America would be in a civil war within two days um, if they were put to that kind of a stress yeah. test, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just mad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you've got you've got Britain tearing itself apart as is. You've got, you know, Europe, There, you know, the, the continent is hold, holding it together, I think, um, just about. As, as we speak. It's, just it's about. mostly on fire as well. So and, well what's yeah. going on? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that man, they've had a, they've had a rough couple of weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, and then and obviously what's going on in, in, in Russia and, you know, mm. the, uh, the, the ex-USSR um, uh, states, you know, on, on you know, in Eastern Europe. Uh, it's shocking, you know. So, so there, yeah. There's not a whole lot of uh, stability around. I wouldn't say no. we're the we're the most stable country on earth now, but no. Um, but who is? But but yeah. I mean, I I would say we're we're looking very tasty in terms of you know, <laughs> you know, agriculture, just natural resources, water. I mean, space per capita, we're still quite underpopulated as yeah, very as true. things yeah, are, yeah. you know. So. You know, um, I'm not trying to make this an ad well, for. We for- didn't really search, like, well, it, it wasn't our fault, but like, we didn't really, you know, do the best the last time we were like put to the stress test of lack of food and things like that as well. Nah. Uh, but then, not really our fault. But hang on, let me gra- <laughs> let me grab my bear on. <laughs> I, I think I think on that note we can go to what is our least favorite apocalypse. Jeez, well, I think I hadn't really put that into my head, but that would have been absolutely bad. It's probably the, the, you know, uh, the big historical one. Um, funnily enough, Johnny, who I work on all this stuff, was a big part of Black 47, the movie. Um, oh, yeah. And I, like, if you ever wanted a reminder, you kinda, I kind of forgot about the whole burning the roofs off of places if you're not paying the taxes and people paying dying from cold during it all and everything as well and uh, like from those on the outside that think the famine was just based on potatoes are really at the very very it's almost like that was the name that was put in the top of what the actual thing really really was so that was a pretty disgusting horrible one yeah it was straight straight up straight up genocide um Mm. and uh, yeah that film particularly my god yeah, like mm. amazing, affecting piece of work, and you're left sitting there, like all oh, that was running through my head. And apologies to anybody out there, but it was just <laughs> the bastards <laughs> when I was watching it. You know, it was. It does have your Rooney against them pretty strongly from the onset. You know, yeah. and the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good. You know, it's 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 good to investigate these things and you know examine them as you know mm. historical pieces. But you know, they do get under your skin. You know. Um, mm, of course yeah and it's still you know it's not it's not that far that far mm. behind us either you know um, no that's what, as you get older that's what you do kind of realize so yeah yeah phenomenal um okay so 
so we've got your you've got your 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 favorite and your and your least favorite um let's have a look at it you know because we don't want to be on a downer the whole time let's look at a couple <laughs> yeah, a hungry apocalypse. yeah. Right. you picked a great team yeah. for i mean chirpiness. i mean in fairness yeah. in, in fairness to some guests loads of countries as well going through it as well so apologies. yeah in, in fairness to some guests we have on they say things like oh well you know like nick roach was like remember that in the ghostbusters they had like the end of the world that was cool um <laughs> But um, but no, we like it. It's an enticing, fun subject. It's it's weird because then when you break it down with people, we we're getting a lot of kind of like sad stuff back and forth. Mm. Of course, it, it's a apocalypse. Of course, it is. Mm, of course. And why is it so? Like, I guess one of my favorite subjects to pick up a book about and, and try and figure out what this what this one's about versus mm. what the other one was about. Or you know, it's 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 strange. It's a real um, it's a real real cat there. Like, a, mm. why why is this real dark subject possibly one of the most entertaining things I will. Mm jump back into time and time again yeah it's you just know? you know everyone wants to know what's going to happen you know yeah. i think that's what that's what keeps people hooked on these kind of stories and um you know i mean we had we had an opportunity there in in the last couple of weeks and you touched on it there will um to to look way back into our past you know with the with the james webb um mm. telescope you know we, we got an image a composite image of what you know 13 billion years ago looked like you know um mm. and that's opened up space for us, you know, in a, in a whole new way. I mean, just thousands of galaxies being identified uh, in, in you know, throughout the universe. And one of the things that really struck me when I was reading up on it was the James Webb Telescope has enough power to determine whether there's pollution in the atmosphere of a planet, which means if there is pollution in the atmosphere of a planet, then there's a civilization causing that pollution on mm. that planet and that like that was like a, a you know an icy trickle went down my back at that stage mm. like i was like what so so like we have a machine in the sky that's going to tell us that question mm. that we've been living with our whole lives you know since, since well, well what's going to happen is it'll just be like yes there is and that'll be it and we won't find anything out there for about twenty thousand years it's just like yeah there are aliens so or there was yeah so or there was exactly yeah but i mean i i think that's going to have a bit of an impact on things you know mm. Like, mm. you know, I think, I think a few religions will be kind of, uh, you know, da- oh, tap dancing on yeah. landmines and stuff, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Trying to explain things. Oh, lads, they got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's a mystery, you know, that's mm. the, that's always the answer. It's a mystery, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be, uh, you know, some news on, on, on that front, good or bad. And, and, you know, they're going to, they're going to keep looking anyway, but mm. it's phenomenal that we, you know, we're at that point now that, you know, we can, we can see that far back. We can, you know, examine the universe way more close up than we, we ever could from our own little galaxy. You know, I mean, it's just, the, yeah. And the, and the feat of engineering that is that telescope is phenomenal. Like just mm. what a piece of work, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, you know what? It's, it's kind of funny. It's like, I was thinking about like how how cool would it have been to be to be a part of that to like have have dedicated your life towards that and then all of a sudden this thing comes out because it, it like uh, some people, sometimes it feels like science like that it's kind of stale um, but like it because we don't know about these things coming up and all of a sudden they come up and you, you realize that people have been waiting for this moment like desperately for 15 years because they've been working on the drawings of that telescope probably from that long ago you know I, I must learn more about it. I've actually been actively looking for like a really really good 
uh, podcast or, or video that's like talking about everything that they're finding about it and stuff as well. BBC did a show with that that kind of covered the last, uh, I think the last eight eight years or so of the development um, of it. Um, and did all the lead engineers, you know, people who've been working on it for 15, 20 years, you know, oh, right through wow. to the launch and the first images yeah. coming back and like, that, like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 You know, it's worth, it's worth looking up if you can, if you can find it. Um, mm. yeah, I have it, I have it here. I recorded it on the night it went out. Like it was just lovely, fantastic, you know, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I think that's hopeful, you know, and I think oh, we, should, we should, you know, we should kind of turn our heads away from, from, you know, the, the absolute, you know, heat death of the universe to, um, to, to, to. <laughs> hey, who's, who's to say there isn't like a, a version, who's to say that that isn't the signal of us like waving. And then some civilization is like, oh, oh hello, lads, geez, fair play. You've advanced past this point. So we're going to. Come say hello. Mm. We'll sort out a few things for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> That'd, be nice. That'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then conquer Ireland because we have nice sheep. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, listen, let's let's look at, you know, let's look at things in a more positive light. What what kind of things are you looking forward to, Will, over the over the next while? Um oh, it's been uh well uh, uh I guess work wise, uh it's uh, the, the launch of the like the image book is my first creator on book, which I'm really excited for that. Um, I guess we touched on that already, but I but I I just love uh, finally entering into that world and yeah, seeing where fantastic. it goes and like like Charles is is like is on the path to be like one of the most successful writers in comics of all time. Like yeah. from, from what you can see, he's what he's done and what, what I, what I know that he's work how, how he works and the way that he's working on these things. So it's just amazing to be working with him on it. And the lovely thing about it is, is I've known Charles since before either of us had a professional gig from back when I used to go over to comic cons back in the day. So we've wow. always wanted to work together and it was really nice the way it came about. And the way that he came back to me to work on health to pay was when he found that my book got paused in Marvel and he just reached out kind of to look after me as a friend, like, you know, going like, I've got this for you if you want, you know? Um, so, uh, I'm really excited for it that way. And it's nice to be doing these two projects w- basically with friends, you know, and if they don't work out, it's still been a good time to do them with friends. Uh, if they do, then it's quite exciting to do it with them uh, and just build things around them, I guess, and s- see how they grow. Like, like the, the growth of the, there's a lot of potential, I think in the, in the TV stuff, cause I like I've gotten to be put in a position where, like I'm an art teacher on telly, both here and in Britain and stuff. And we, we'll see where that goes, you know, and hopefully it just gets a lot more kids drawing and stuff like that as well. So that kind of stuff is really, really exciting. Um, yeah. And like, obviously then here, um, like at home, we've two small little kids just so getting to watch all of them. That's why apocalyptic things is a little bit di- difficult to talk about nowadays. <laughs> Actually speaking of ap- apocalyptic shows, uh, I had to do a promotional image for the walking dead for when they brought back, when they brought out season oh, cool. 11. Yeah. And I, I was given season two. So I went back to rewatch it and I had no problem watching it those 10 or so years ago. And the first episode, like I think one of the it's when the, the kid, I can't remember her name. She runs off away uh, off the road into the forest, whatever. And I had to turn it off. I couldn't handle watching children in peril now that I have them. And the difference in the way that you think about the changes, kind of stuff, you, man. And, 
Oh my gosh. Seriously? Like, I, like in, in panics watching it. And I probably, in, when I watched it the last time, I was probably like, ah, sure, she's going to die anyway, whatever. I don't really care. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just mad. Um, oh, how it changes. Like, I remember yeah. making fun of a friend of mine watching Pacific Rim where we saw, um, oh, I forget the girl's name now, the, the, uh, the other girl who pilots Gypsy Danger. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember that movie. Remember. <laughs> so. but there's a scene where she's really young. She's running through the street holding a shoe, and I thought, "Why is she holding a shoe?" And that was all I was hung up on. My friend who has a kid was like, "Oh, someone please help her!" You know, this this grown man. Yeah, teenager. I was yeah. I was maybe a dad for the first time for about four weeks, and I was I was up late at night and you know not sleeping and all the rest of it. And it was a pretty it was a pretty traumatic time you know the, my, Liam my, my eldest fella he you know he arrived six weeks early so he was still in the in the NICU and mm. everything and you know it was all going well and like he's 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 hale and hearty and with us and six foot tall now but um <laughs> you know I was watching TV I just sat down watching TV and uh funny games was on I'd never seen funny games before you know mm. and I don't know if you've seen funny games but no. if you have kids don't watch funny games <laughs> <laughs> Really so yeah. it's a it's a Michael Haneke movie. It's been it's been remade uh, for, uh, as a as a US movie as well. But it's um yeah it's about a, it's about a home invasion um of a family who were there, right. and it's uh, it's really about violence in, in in the movies and stuff. And and um it does it doesn't end well for for anybody, especially the small blonde kid. You know, oh, um, yeah. um, of which I had just gotten one. You know? So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I can watch movies anymore now that I'm a dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, but even even the, the nice stuff, it's different. You know, like uh, my yeah. daughter is a big fan of Bluey. And I must get into that. Everyone says it's amazing. It is. It's incredible. It's, it's really, yeah. really good. It's very strong, very strongly written, incredibly well animated, really yeah. well together. But there's a few moments in this and I would think if it was put out as a short story, it would be Oscar worthy. You know, it's wow. really clever. And, um, but there's little moments in this like where little kids will do something nice I and mean, like, That'll get you, you know. It doesn't yeah, yeah, bad. yeah. It'll be something really nice. You're going, oh, well, that's oh, good. I have to, I have to push, start yeah. pushing that on them now. No, it's good. <laughs> so. It's good. Yeah, it'll take. It'll take. Like, I mean, we have it on twenty four seven here now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm good. raging because I used to work. I worked on Pink Alicious and she was watching that for a second. Yeah. And now, like Bluey's completely replaced it. <laughs> <So>, ah. <yeah. laughs> and yeah, there's that's some... not in Australia, isn't it? They only do like two kids yeah. shows. And that's one of them or something crazy like that. Yeah. I think they've done a few. I don't know. Maybe that studio have only done two. I'm not sure. I think, no, they had something where like, like last year they pulled back all the funding into kids shows or something like that. So they're only currently doing two, which is crazy. And just shows wow. how great Ireland is at that, that, at that kind of stuff, the amount that they produce here. So oh, yeah. It's big here. Go on, RT Junior. I just get that in there. So it was good to come back because they they pulled it for a while and then they brought it back. And Bluey, no way. Not Bluey. I mean, RT Junior. Oh, okay, it, it, okay. Put, but when they put stuff back, put money back into it, I mean, wow, the return was so un- mm. unreal. It was fantastic. Mm. If, you're listening, if you're not from Ireland uh, and you're singing, Ireland has like the most animators per capita in the world. It's like, it's just, it just punches so high above the its way for a country. And it's lousy amazing. with them. Absolutely mm. lousy with them. Yeah, you can't, you can't walk down the street without bumping into an animator these days. <laughs> it's so weird because like, that one, you know? but, <laughs> there's two here now, Ben. So <laughs> yeah. a year ago, it was only one, but like, so like, like, I, but it, I, what I find is quite crazy is how different the worlds are and how very, like you, you, you're someone who's walked both paths, Ben, which is quite rare, 
you know like so so i i know the world of new york comic-con and san diego comic-con and all this stuff and it's the same old thing all of the time and then all of a sudden uh now in the like the kids tv world and all of this stuff like people are sending me photos from annecy and i was like yeah. there's a convention in what looks like the most beautiful place in the world why why, why haven't i known about this before and and they're like yeah it's not really a convention you don't really sign you just go over and have parties all yeah. the time I was like this is way better than 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 actual comic con yeah, so i still haven't made that but it, it oh my gosh amazing, uh, my amazing. accidentally went into they, they have a house close to annecy and they went to the cinema oh one day and they realized it was like a showing one of the films for annecy yeah. Yeah, and isn't that isn't that where they they shot the scene where Anakin marries Padme? Oh, I think just that's to kind of yeah, I've just to kind of verify, but I have heard that before. Yeah. Just to, just to imagine like how they wanted to find the most one of the most beautiful places on earth for that, and that's where it's all on, you know. So I think I'll be dipping my toe into those animation show worlds for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's something about European cons, you know, Angoulême as well. Uh, just mm. you know. Everything looks like it, you know, it happens in, in Beauty and the Beast. Like it, it's yeah. just, it's, it's insane, you know, and then, then yeah. you get to go to the Javits Center in New York, you know, <laughs> that, like, I'm really excited to go back to that. Definitely. But like, I'll never forget being struck how, so the first kind of, I think it was in Luxembourg was the first show I was brought over to a guest to, to be a guest at. And, you know, I'm so used to the rapid pace of comics and producing stuff that comes out every four weeks. Everybody you meet is like, you know, how do I meet this editor? And how do I like, this is how much money you made last year. How do you make more money than this? And that's very much just the American model and the way you do things. It's just this incredibly fast pace, high turnover. There's no industry that produces stories faster than comics. It's crazy. And then you go to a European convention and like the, the talent or whatever will just, they're just so relaxed. They just sit down and they just, they basically, the difference is, is that they get paid half up front for their book. They disappear for as long as they want and they get paid the other half when it's finished and they just live life at a much more relaxed and self-controlled pace. And I've always said it to myself, like that is how I want to retire. I want to go into that form of making comics, which just sounds like a, a lovely way of doing it. <laughs> and stress-free, all right. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see it, man. I don't see you slowing down at I all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that would drive you nuts I mean, no well i need to learn how to do that yeah. definitely i'm very bad like i like i can't even i can't even sit down and have a coffee in a restaurant like i'm just yeah and it's not it's not like it's not like a, a burning the candle at both ends thing it's just i'm i'm always a, a hyper little energizer energizer bunny for sure yeah so I'm, I'm sure that'll slow at some stage yeah yeah well, anyway i gotta go make 40 episodes of tv there lads and fans <laughs> so <laughs> And he's not, he's not lying, man. He's not lying at all. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there, man. I think we got it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much brilliant. for joining us on the Odds oh, Pod. It's in my pleasure. Yeah. And it feels weird talking to friends. You mentioned before we call it quits. Is there anything you want to give a plug? I, I think I've, pl I've plugged them all. Excellent. Yeah. Um, you won't be able to avoid me in about four or five months time. So apologies. Be well, actually, yeah, that, that brings something up. So where, where will people be able to uh, uh, give you the odd fist bump? I have a very rare name, so I'm easy to find. Just search for Sliney on Google and you'll find one of the things. I'm still on LinkedIn. 
uh, every day I'm getting requests to go on there. So that's the one I'm not on. Okay. So, well, in my experience, I'd keep it that way, but I feel like I have to do it to be just that little bit more perfect. It feels like that's I, I, when I turn 40, I should surely be on LinkedIn with a picture in a suit. That's what happens. It just happens. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do people, what do people post on LinkedIn? Like, is it just like people talking about their work or yeah, like, yeah. there's a little time feed or a feed of like, uh, what people are doing now, what they're going to do, what they, yeah. what they put that screen, that kind and of what's, stuff. what's, what's the bad side of LinkedIn? Well, it just makes you sad. So like, you know, you, you log into <laughs> it and it's, it's, it's a lot of people's, you know, saying that they're honored, delighted, uh, no. excited, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, just, you I'd know, be, to yeah, do, to announce, to do my video. job, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like, it's like fair play. You went to work. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of find this built for other industries. Like, uh, in terms of the art sector, I find that you, you'll hear about work in it. Okay. I, I tend to get my work in other uh, media platforms. Mm. You get me, you know, I might know something going for it from, I'm, from an executive I'm, side of things, uh, you know, it would be, it would be useful from, you know, from the, the kind of production exec side. Yeah, definitely. You know, cause it is where the gotcha. money is, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, you know, in my, in my other life uh, in, in the media, like there's, there's an awful lot of people who I, I know and love and, um, you know, can't read their LinkedIn posts. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a version of that for every type of social media, I guess. There's different well, types of boasting for different genres of life. Yeah. I, you know, it's just, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a Twitter vague post just with a, with a pinstripe. It's like, it's, like, on, you know? it's, it's a CV really though, isn't this yeah. LinkedIn? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you want other people to take notice and give you more money for other things. That's it, you know, it's how you up your price, you know. Yeah. That is one good thing about it because you can kind of see what you're rated at somewhere else or so find out you're worth more somewhere else. You can oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You I've yet to it. find that. That, that I'm worth <laughs> more anywhere, you know. <laughs> Will, are you doing any cons in the, the near future? You're off to New York this year? Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah. uh, it definitely be announced next day. So Dublin Comic Con, excited to do something in Ireland, definitely. Um, and then a couple uh, of the repop ones will be announced soon. You can probably guess what those are. Um, so definitely excited for those. And then when the dust settles and all of those, I'll, I'll bring back my old one down in Cork. I would imagine. Fantastic! Um, it'll be it'll be really really nice. I can't imagine. Uh, that should be good fun considering the way the last couple of years have gone and th- those th- those shows were always like just great. Anyway. Yeah, worked out. I mean, the, 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 the attendance you get is unbelievable. Mad. Yeah, yeah. The that that was the bus air and apocalypse actually when when bus air and we're like, why does why why do we need to put on loads more buses going out to Man Point? What's going on outside there? <laughs> that was a lovely little moment, and especially when we actually had set up on the on the on the very for the very first one on the Saturday, and somebody came up to us like uh, who worked in Man Point, and she was like, so what's going on here today? And I was like, oh, we're having a comic con, and she was like, oh gosh, and just walked away. <laughs> and basically, the store got its biggest attendance. It's big for the entire year, like bigger than a Christmas day sale or something like that as well. Like, so the place was going mad over it. Like, so it was really, really good fun. Yeah, it was that insane. Was yeah. It was insane. Mm. And it, like, 
we like I was there and and Ben was there we, and like we were busy the whole time. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. was. That's what was great about it. I think everybody every, for all of the artists to pretty much sell out of all of their stuff across the board just showed the enthusiasm and it showed an, an I guess an alternative way to do a convention. For like for this was essentially a free one that was put on inside in the mall and it just it, it, it just it was just so easy for people to get to and go to. Uh, and could handle the, the tens of thousands of people that were there, you know, so yeah. very, very easy. Um, yeah, no, it was excellent. It was, you know, had a, had a real vision behind it. Fair play to you. Yeah. <laughs> what, together. on a Comic-Con inside in the shopping center? <laughs> that was about the extent of it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give you LinkedIn posts here. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man, that's it. Um, thank you so much for Thanks joining for us on me. the Odds Pod. And yeah. uh, you've been you've been a fantastic guest. Um, and look, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again. Grace, thank you. Cheers, thank Cheers, you. Bro. Thanks for joining us on the Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for the odds coming soon from Scout Comics. And please tell us what your favorite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benesy. That's B E N N E S S Y. And me on at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer, Adrian Carty, and we'll see you at the end of the world.